Welcome back to the How Was School podcast. We are here to empower you and your family to have life-giving conversations. I'm Michael Campbell, pastor of children's ministry and father of three. And I'm Josiah Stumbo, juggler of the work-life balance and birdwatcher extraordinaire. Amen. (laughs) Every month, we suggest for you some better questions to ask your kids than how was school today. Mm -hmm. We do that by unpacking a theological concept a little bit and then brainstorming ways that we as parents can talk through that concept with our kids. Because we believe that healthy family conversations create a healthy family culture. This month, we're going to be talking about faith, thinking through how to address another question we receive from a teenager, which is, how do I know God is there? Yeah, I really think this question most people ask as well. So not even, it's amazing that it's coming from a teenager, but I think adults, uh, people of all ages have been asking this for centuries. But, But first, let me tell you a quick little story about something significant that happened in my house this month. Yeah. All right, here, let me lay the foundation. So I I either read a story or scripture to my kids every night before they go to bed. And, you know, for the past couple of months, we've been working through Pilgrim's Progress, one of my favorite books of all time. It's an allegory of the Christian walk from John Bunyan, who wrote it to his children while he was in prison. So naturally, I wanted to share that with my kids. So um, we're going through this book, and then we get to the end of the book. And, you know, just a couple days before the end, um, there's this character, Atheist. And I have two sons that I'm reading to. I have the four-year-old Jameson and my six-year-old Noah. And Atheist in the book, the character, is just talking to Christian, saying, hey, why do you believe in this God? Don't you know science is there? You, you, you don't see him. Why do you believe in him? We think Christians and you, Pilgrim, are stupid and you are in folly for believing such things. Why don't you follow me instead? And Noah, my oldest, just out of nowhere says, you know what? I, I agree with him. Like he mm. didn't know what an atheist is. Like mm. he doesn't know that definition, but mm-hmm. he just knew the character and the things he was saying kind of clicked with them. Wow. And a little shocking as a parent first, because like, you're like, oh, whoa, whoa, no. <laughs> but we create an environment in our home where we have healthy conversations and always honest, no matter what. So we walked them through that and the challenges and like, it's okay to question, it's okay to doubt. And, you know, we finished the story. And then the next day, the, the book ended and there is this gospel presentation where there's just like, what does saving faith look like? And there was this prayer at the end and my son Noah was like, I felt something moving inside me, which doesn't happen often, that feeling where you're like, wow, I feel like this conversation's different than any other conversation we've had. And he was talking about how Jesus is his rescuer from like sin and that he gets to be with God forever and that no matter how much he does wrong, God still loves him because the punishment is on Jesus, that he loves us. And like, dude, I, I think, and to everybody at home, like this I think that's when he was filled with the Holy Spirit. I think this was the moment of salvation. I think God was drawing him in. I've talked with you, Josiah, about like this and to fan that flame that's in him. And like, I was always cautious at first. I'm like, does he know all the theological points to this? And it's like, what? It's stupid. Like childlike faith. Jesus has come to me like that. So that's what happened this month. So Praise God. I'm going to cry about it still eventually. Hasn't happened yet, but 
it's just really exciting, man. Yeah, man. There's nothing better than that. Somebody coming to saving faith in Jesus, expressing that for the first time. Amen. And We're to witness celebrating that. with yeah. you, bro. That is so cool. Thank and you. your parenting example there just needs to be applauded too of like <laughs> the way you your home is open to having those conversations. Yeah. I wonder what would have happened if you made him feel bad for resonating with atheist, if he would have felt okay. You know, like if that would have squashed it or not, God's gracious. But I just want to say great job letting him process what he needed to, making him still feel safe no matter what. And then bringing it home. (laughs) Yeah. My children are so different. So like you have one who's sitting there the whole time listening to the story and the other one's like climbing a bookshelf (laughs) in the middle of it, just like jumping from one bed to another. But you know he was listening too. Uh So like always as a parent using every opportunity, knowing that just because a child isn't sitting in front of you, they're still listening and the gospel is still being presented. So just an encouragement to parents because it was fruitful and it worked out and praising God for it. Cool, yeah, I'm praising God too, along with all the angels in heaven, right? Amen. That's so cool. Cool. Well, let's jump into the theology behind the question, how do I know that God is there? Yeah, I I mean, as I just shared, like, I'm really glad that this question came up. Um, Not many people know, but before I was a pastor, I was an atheist, I wasn't always somebody who believed in God. But as I mentioned earlier, it's really something that every person must ask, how do I know God is there? And Mm -hmm. I think right off the bat, we need to address what scripture says about the existence of God, but then we'll briefly dive into the philosophical belief that there is a God at all. Uh, One of the verses that sticks out to me is Romans 1, verse 19 and 20, and it says, for what could be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power, divine nature have clearly been perceived. Now, this sort of makes me jump the gun a little bit, but this is an example of the creationist argument. So just as a watchmaker makes watches and architect designs houses, so the world too must have a maker. If I could break it down a little bit, the universe had a beginning, therefore anything that has a beginning must have been caused by something else. And finally, the universe must also have a cause that is outside of that time and space. Mm. Now, that's, that's the natural process of logic. So even in the law of thermodynamics, you can't create something out of nothing. But, I mean, the, the reality is for a lot of people, that's, that's not enough. There are countless scriptures that, that talk about God's creating hand of this universe. Seriously, it's countless, whether that's Nehemiah 9.6 or 2 Corinthians 5.7, for we walk by faith, not by sight, Psalm 8. But one that sticks out mm-hmm. to me and I think a lot of people can remember is Colossians 1.16. For by him, all things were created in heaven, earth, visible, invisible, whether thrones, dominions, or rulers, authorities, all things were created through him and for him. So this is where it gets a little bit deeper, but like I said, some people, they don't believe in the Bible. So how can, how can we use that um, to like defend against it if they don't even yeah. believe it? It's like Be- circular reasoning, right? Uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So very briefly, here are uh, a few arguments that we can make about the existence of God outside of scripture, because the reality is our children will face these conversations in school, even if they're homeschooled, like there are going to be children and teachers who constantly say like opinions and theories that are not based off of scripture. Mm -hmm. So if the child only knows scripture, um, Mm -hmm. 
it it might not be enough for the other people who don't believe. Yeah, and so you're saying there's beauty in the fact that you actually could get there logically to the conclusion that God exists. Exactly. So you're about to tell us more about that logic. That's awesome. So there's a few different arguments, and again, this is a bigger conversation, but there's the cosmological argument that touches on God's creation, the teleological argument that talks about our design and purpose, the moral argument that brings into question why this is all happening, the ontological argument that drives into like our being in general. But I think the most effective is the testimonial argument. So that's whether that's you, uh, people you see at work or your children, people can't take away what God has done in and through our own lives because that that's real for us. Mm-hmm. Nobody could take that away. So if we want to talk about how do we know if God is there, we typically go to the scientific method, right? I mean, that's, that's what our culture tells us to do if we want to come to a conclusion. So we create a hypothesis or an educated guess based off the results. We try to figure out God by putting them all into a science. But so I'm a huge skeptic at heart. I love mere Christianity. I I love uh, Tim Keller's book in The Reason for God. Um, And he shares the analogy of trying to make sense of God using sciences. So he's the description of, okay, trying to figure out God by using science and what we can tangibly use is like a drunk man leaving a bar, trying to find his keys underneath the streetlight. Now, he goes to the light because that's where he sees light is. Hmm. But the reality is his keys are probably somewhere else, hmm. right? So by only trying to figure out God by what we can see, we're actually taking away from who or what he could be. Wow. Um, and I think that's really important, um, at least from the perspective of trying to figure out God. Okay. Right? So like these logical arguments are helpful. They can help somebody come to a conclusion that God is there, but you're saying that that shouldn't be all that there is? It shouldn't, and because it can't be, because God by definition is outside of those things. Because when you immediately put God into all these parameters, like I can believe him only if this, this, and this happens, it's no longer God that is existential and outside of time and space, but it's a God that we've created and that's no God at all. That's good, man. Cool. So we can know that God exists logically, but we're not going to know the whole God if we just stay there. Exactly. Would that be a good way to say it? Yeah. Cool. And so our, our culture also goes towards the, so we said scientific method, but empiricism has taken the hold of our culture where if we can touch it, then we can trust it. Hmm. But there are things in our lives all the time that we believe in that we can't see, mm-hmm. whether that's emotions or the way we perceive music or art, that makes the way it makes us feel, wind, things like this. So mm-hmm. when we try to figure out how do I know God is here, we must look at the evidence of his hands because in scripture, it doesn't say we walk by faith, not by reason, but we walk by faith, not by sight. So like we are not checking out logic at all or science at all. There are logical reasons why we can and should trust in the creator of the heavens and the earth. And one is because he's made it known to us through creation, but also because the gap ahead of us is much smaller than the gap behind us. I love that, Michael. I love that you've like spelled out a lot of the logic behind why God exists. But then, yeah, that doesn't take us far enough to really have a relationship with God. Just the yeah. fact that he's there doesn't mean that we can know him, doesn't actually mean that he's offering us the love that we believe that he's offering us. And so I think a lot of times when I get this question from students about how do I know God is really there, 
what they're asking for is like something in their heart that is either afraid that their doubt is bad. Mm. Like I shouldn't ever doubt or maybe that they are looking for an experience with God that they're not experiencing yet or they're looking for something in their heart that needs to be fulfilled, you know, that like this need for love or this need for somebody bigger than them to wrap his arms around them, you know? So, and like, I'm always promising them, God loves you. God cares about you. God hears your prayers. And I get this question after I preach a message like that. And they're Mm -hmm. like, okay, you're saying this God loves me, but how do I really know? A lot of these students, they believe God exists because their yeah. parents told them. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. um, when they get older, when they get to college, they'll question all that. And so it'd be really, really good for us to solidify that foundation with their own experiences. Like you said, the testimonial mm. argument is the best. Like when they have their own experiences of God, that's better than anything. So um, I think one thing to just be exactly like Michael said at the beginning of this podcast with his own son, um, allowing doubt to be not taboo. Yeah. Like if you're, if you're doubting a little bit to allow that to be okay, like this is part of the process. This is part of the journey. If doubt was taboo and you're not allowed to doubt, then they're still going to doubt. They're just not going to say it out loud. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, and actually it's cool in Psalm 73, we see that even God is okay with the psalmist expressing some doubts because that's the process of falling in love with him. If I'm going to commit my whole life, do I really believe in this? Do I re- am I really going to give my whole self to this? And so I think when we wrestle through that and come to the conclusion, yes, we're going to have such a deeper relationship than if we failed to wrestle through it and just kind of like, yeah, I think I'm in. <laughs> I mean, think about even like as we grow up, growing pains. So like growing pains is like a natural process of growth in adolescence. So it is painful, but because it's painful, it doesn't mean that like it's bad for us. Growing pains is actually good for us and it's helping us become who we are today. So in the same way, doubt may be painful and like hard to wrestle at times, but God is using those to create in us who we could be. And it actually creates in my opinion, deeper roots that couldn't be shaken when other people's or opinions just kind of say, no, Christianity is wrong because of whatever, right? Yeah. Then that question, how do I know that God is there? Can be answered logically, can be answered through testimony, and will be answered as they wrestle through doubt and come to the conclusion that I don't just believe this because my parents do now. Now I've asked the questions, I've looked at them, I've talked about them out loud, and I know with my own heart that not only is God there, but he is who he says he is. So that's what we hope for all of you guys. Now we're going to switch to the best part of the show, I think, where we get to hear a real-life parent with their real-life kids having a real-life conversation about today's topic. So in advance, we sent the questions over to our friend Don Bentley, and this month we get to hear from Don and two of her kids as they discuss the question, how do I know that God is there? I think you're in for a treat. Okay, 
So first thing I'm going to ask is, are there some things that we believe in that we can't see? Um, besides God, I really don't have. Well, we believe in the wind because we can feel um, it, but we can't see it. That's good. That's good. What else? In my science book, it says matter and energy. Well, right? Energy. Do we don't yeah. really yeah. see energy? Matter, we see kind of. Okay. I love. People say they Feelings. Feel love. Good. Okay, have there been times where you have felt disbelief or doubt? Okay, so I would say that maybe disbelief would sound something like, um, I don't think that's true. Like, I don't think that's real. That would be disbelief. Whereas doubt might be more like, I'm not sure if I believe that's true. Maybe it's true. It's just really hard to believe. Like, have there been times when you have felt either of those? Um disbelief yes for th certain things like that my friends would say but like I know that it's not real um things one of you like yeah what he said like sometimes my friends will like make up stories or something like that okay. and I'm like mm. or like if there's like a ghost story in the book or something that I'm okay. like no okay but doubt um Actually, there was, like, kind of a time once I was doubting in God, really, okay. so... What what, would, what did that look like? What made that happen? Like, what was going on? Um, I don't know. I just was, like, some of the stuff that he did that, like, his miracles, I was like, that's not scientific. So mm. I kind of doubted his, like, okay. not just his miracles, but kind of, like, his word. Yeah. Okay. So because sometimes we can't believe in stuff that we can't see, is there a way that you can, like, help us? believe it? That's good. That's a good question. So one example that Micah already mentioned that I think makes a great example is wind, right? Mm -hmm. So we can't see wind, but we can see what wind does. We can see the wind blowing the trees. We can see wind blowing the leaves across the yard, right? Um, we can hear the wind. And yeah. Jesus actually used that example when he was talking to Nicodemus. So in John 3, he, Nicodemus comes to him at night, and he's asking him some real hard questions. And Jesus says, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear it sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going, right? So there's this point that, that even if you can't see something, there is a way to know that it's real. So let's go back to the God part of what we believe but don't see. Have you ever felt like God wasn't there? Um, he wasn't with you? Not, well, I guess not really. Not okay. that yeah. Even in that time when you were doubting? Well, that time I, I guess, yeah, I still, I didn't feel him with me. Well, have you ever felt that God, like God wasn't with you? Okay, so I think I've talked to you before about the fact that I believed in God and trusted in Him when I was really super little, but I didn't understand um, the importance of having a relationship with Him. And before I really knew Him, I kind of believed He was there, and I never really had a situation where I was like, oh, I don't think He's there. But then once I was in my 20s and I started really walking with Him, I think from that point on, I have never felt like He wasn't there with me. Even in the really hard times, that's where I feel like He has made Himself closer to yeah. me i have felt even closer to him like in the, go ahead oh like once i had my uh kidney stones i mean a lot of people might have just walked away but i felt like he was with me 
like a lot there. Yeah, in those times, if we lean in and like look for him, in those hard times, we mm-hmm. see him even more. I agree. Now that doesn't mean I've never doubted the way he's doing something, or his timing, or just doubted that he had the best for me. I mean, I think that those doubts I have often. Um, I think about in um, Psalm 73, and this was in Psalm, David is talking about um, why do all the the evil people win? Like, shouldn't the evil people lose? And he was like just really frustrated with what was going on. He was like, when I tried to understand all this, it troubled me deeply until I entered the sanctuary of God And then I understood their final destiny. And I think that that is in those times when we doubt, when I have found times where I'm like, I'm not sure if if I'm buying into your plan here, God. If I'm just thinking about it on my own, I have lots of doubts. But if I get into the sanctuary, and whether that means whether I'm going to church or whether I'm at a Bible study or whether I'm just in the Bible myself, um, if I'm in prayer or worship, that spending that time with him, all of a sudden I start to get a bigger picture understanding and those doubts start to go away. I start to say, okay, you have you know more than I do. And so I trust you in that. Another story in the New Testament is in Mark 9. And this is a little, a dad who brought his son who was having seizures. And Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, the father said, but if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus. Like he's questioning, like, you think I can't do this, right? Everything is possible for one who believes. And immediately the boy's father says, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. And I think that that probably is a better picture of my disbelief. It's not that I don't believe him at all or I don't trust him at all. Um, but there are times when I've been like, like I don't know if I, if I trust you. And then God says, I can do this. And then I'm like, okay, I do believe. Help help the areas where I'm, I'm struggling with to believe. So um, what about Micah? What do you think? Is he okay with us when we doubt or we have questions? I feel like he would be because I think that it would probably feel weird for him for people to like, doubt him but Mm. when we doubt him we learn from our mistakes we say oh we should never have done that but then we learn okay so not disappointed with us just knows that we're learning Mm, probably a little disappointed oh you think he might be disappointed too what do you think Sophia um I think that he just well first of all he knows that that we are going to doubt him and we sin so probably like in us to like Mm. doubt he's not maybe disappointed but um well i don't know i just don't think he'd be too disappointed like disappointed in our actions okay oh do you think it hurts his heart yeah it probably just hurts him that we doubt him even though he's done all of those miracles and and once we read the pilot you would think that we'd be like Oh, he can do everything, yeah. but... It's just, it is in our nature to doubt him, I think, in our natural nature. But, again, going back to that Psalm 73, but I didn't understand, but when I went into a sanctuary, I think when we really press into his presence, okay. then then we don't doubt, right? There's but more, I feel more like that. God would never be disappointed in us, just always disappointed in our actions. Mm-hmm. 
I think that's that's a good distinguishing point, Micah, because um, loving someone and being disappointed with their actions are a, are a little bit different, aren't they? Yeah. I also never think that he'd be um, disappointed enough to just leave us. Mm. He might be like disappointed that he's just like sad, but like he will ne- I don't think he'd ever be disappointed to be like, okay, bye, Sophia. You've had your chances. Why do you think we doubt? What do you What do you think influences that? Um, like I said, we are sinners. So, and if we were like still with like Adam and Eve in like the Garden of Eden, I feel like we'd. Uh, not doubt because we see God all the time because it said that he would walk with them. But I feel like we trust our bodies too mm. much. In like this. Our, like our, our eyes our and eyes our ears yeah. and stuff. That's interesting. It's an interesting thought that if if Jesus was in person, let's yeah. say, you know, and I go downstairs to fix breakfast and he's in the kitchen with me and everything, that maybe I would believe more. But we see that that wasn't really what happened in the Garden of Eden. Mm. And that's not what we see with the disciples who walked with him, right? So there's still something in us, yeah. right, that causes doubt and disbelief. Michael, what do you think might that might be? What are some of the things that cause you to, to have doubts? Like, first off, like, some things that just seem, how do I put this nicely? Whack. <laughs> Some things that just seem crazy, you just doubt. Like if your friend would mm-hmm. say a story that might seem a bit crazy, but it might be true. But e- every story has some truth in it, mm-hmm. but you never know if it's full truth. Mm-hmm. So you might just be making fun of them saying, oh, that's just um fake story. And then you get everyone else to be saying that. Okay. But that whole story was truth. That's interesting. I hadn't really thought about the influence of people to make us doubt. So in your case, you're saying that people can convince you that something that's not true is, but the opposite can be true, too, if we say, you know, this is what the Bible says, this is what we believe about God, and we have enough people outside of our circle saying that's not true that doesn't make sense that doesn't line up with science then some of us that like right some disbelief could come in from that i hadn't really thought about the influence of others but that's a good one so so we've talked about um people's influence what about satan's influence do you think satan influences you to well yeah when to not believe to have doubt after jesus got baptized and he went into the wilderness it was all temptation, and then mm-hmm. later, when he explains to all of his disciples that he will have to, like, die on the cross, mm-hmm. and then Peter says, oh, no, Lord, you don't have to do that. He says, get behind me, Satan, because mm-hmm. that was one of the same temptations that mm-hmm. Satan used. Right. To make us doubt God's plan. It wasn't mm-hmm. a doubt that he could turn those stones in. God could do that. So those weren't the doubts. The doubt was whether God had a good and perfect plan for him and um the same way with with peter right so that so satan does come in and give us doubts that god has our best interest he's not holding something back those doubts come in if we start questioning what his plan is what about difficult times did those make you doubt 
Um, l- like I said, once I had my kidney, the I- kidney stones, mm-hmm. I was like, I felt closer to God than okay. before. But once I had my like seizures, I started to like doubt if God really like. First of all, if he really like wanted me in his mm. plan. Mm. Wow, I'm sorry that for that. That's a <laughs> difficult thought to have. But I see that you got past that because what do you know about God? Because God will never leave you That's right. or forsake you. That's right. But he did let you struggle with that doubt a little yeah. bit, didn't he? So back to whether he's disappointed or not. Maybe not. Maybe he knows that sometimes those struggles are what make you really firm in knowing what you believe, right? Which I think was what made me um, good during the kidney stones mm. and not but like that. But then you had already like, yeah. ground into your faith and said, I know this is true. Not knowing what the truth is can make us doubt. So like, if we don't know what the Bible says, if we don't read it, we don't, we don't know what's in there, then it's hard for us to believe when something comes up and we're like, well, I don't, I don't know, is that true or not? I don't, I don't remember if that's in the Bible or not. Also, misunderstanding what God's kingdom looks like can make us doubt. So if we think God's kingdom means I accept Jesus and everything is perfect from that point on. And then it's Everything's not. easy, right? That's a misunderstanding. And, and so that can make us doubt when all of a sudden something bad happens. You get kidney stones at age 10 and you're like, well, that doesn't fit into a God's perfect after I accepting plan. Can you think of scriptures that tell us that life is not going to be always perfect after we follow him? I really use this verse for everything, but I can like <laughs> interpret it in a bunch of different ways. But um, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Oh. You would think that you wouldn't need to do like all things through God, and you wouldn't need really strength mm-hmm. because you would have everything would be perfect, like one. cupcakes and lollipops. That's right. <laughs> That's right. What other verses tell us that things aren't going to be good? He comes right out and says it, right? In John sixteen thirty three, in this world you have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world, right? Michael, what about, um, you talk about the Sermon on the Mount, what about blessed are the poor in spirit, right? Theirs is the kingdom of God. What about the, the you mentioned this one, blessed are the, those who mourn, what's going to happen for them? They will be comforted. Right, what about the persecuted for those who are persecuted for righteousness? There's just the kingdom of heaven because they were persecuted in his name. Right. So those are things that tell us these things not these things that are not good are gonna happen, right? Persecution and mourning and, and Well else you wouldn't have added then. Right, right. So he tells us up front what his kingdom looks like and when we get that confused, we can doubt his goodness because we're like, wait, that doesn't line up. How do you know like God is there, like your personal experiences? So, uh, like the wind, I can't see him, but I can see and hear and feel the things that he does, the evidence of his presence. So, um, for me personally, I cry when I know that the Holy Spirit is working. You guys know I cry a lot, and that's not always because I'm super happy or because I'm super sad. It's often because I know that um, God is working in a situation. Um, also, I learn to trust him more as I see how he works in other people. I hear God, not with my ears, but I hear him like in my spirit and in my thoughts. So that's another 
way that I know he's there. And didn't you say that you, like, um, feel him in your dreams or something? I do. I do have dreams, uh-huh, sometimes. Aunt Jill once told me that anything, anytime you get a really good thought, one about, like, you should encourage that person. You should give in this area. You should um, share your what you know about Jesus with this person, that you know that that's God, that that's the Holy Spirit, because the Bible tells us that there's nothing good inside of you. Yeah. Right? So we there's wouldn't nothing be just good thinking in you. those thoughts. Right. Your thoughts aren't going to be that. Good and kind ideas always come from Him. So because we have these good and kind ideas, we know that God has to exist, right? And He's working in our lives. Have you ever experienced... The presence of God, something that you would say, I know he's there. Once I, once uh, God told me to, to tell the neighbors about Christ, I felt like, like you said, we had no good in me. And I was like, Satan wouldn't like mm. tell me to do that. Um, right. I forget what verse it is, but it says that like robbers won't like give a hint about where they're about to rob mm. or like, and Satan won't like testify against Mm -hmm. himself yeah that's right that's good um and i think about that experience that you had and you didn't do it for a while like you you were excited about it and you started preparing that little package to do but every time you kind of didn't do it the spirit didn't let up on you did it like Mm -hmm. like maybe you'd get this the next day you'd be like oh i still feel like i have to do this i still so he was persistently with you reminding you, I want you to do this, I want you to do this. And And remember how I told you that I wanted to get it done, like, before this time, and then it was, like, past that time? Yeah. Now I feel like God was, like, telling me, like, maybe wait a little bit longer. Okay. Like, like maybe he wants me to have, like, I think he's telling me to have a better attitude Mm. around them. So they're saying, oh, wait, I want to, like, be better around Mm. them. So I don't want to, like, tell them they'll be like, well, She's mean to me anyways. Mm. So I think that I don't want to be mean to people. So that's, that's good. That's good listening to what God is telling you. So my God, can you think of any evidence of God's presence, even if you didn't feel it per se or hear it? Like I feel that I have, just can't remember. Ask God, hey, remind me. Spend some time um in your morning devotion times over the next week or so. God is such a good giver of gifts. If you would like to feel his presence, like asking, show you know I really want to oh, know. Oh well, now one comes to mind. Oh. <laughs> um, the worship auditions that were last oh. when last Saturday, uh-huh. I at first I was like shivering because <laughs> I was first off it was cold, but second I was like kind of afraid that I would mess up. Uh-huh. But then I like felt powered that mm. I could do it. Good. That's exactly. That's exactly what I'm talking about. That's great. And God probably. I was still really, shivering, but <laughs> God probably really wanted you to be on that team. Oh, but. that's good. Uh, can you think of anybody in the Bible who I believed can, that God was there, even though they couldn't see Him? Yeah, I can think of a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so first off, the blind man. There were a lot of them in the Bible that in the New Testament, and then you have like all the prophets. Like, they would hear God in visions, and they would actually hear, like, Moses on the mountain. Mm-hmm. How about you, Sophia? Can you think of anybody from um, the Bible who believed? Job. Job. He, a good one. Uh, he, yeah, uh, he didn't, like, uh, 
he didn't see God, but he um he did believe a lot and yeah. And even once his like uh, friends were trying to like and even his stop wife, him. Yeah, yeah, and his wife. Right. And then at the end, also uh, of the story, once God talks to him. I feel like you couldn't see him, but I feel like they all could feel his presence well, the, and hear his presence. Mm-hmm. Well, the Job story really goes back to the doubt because it just keeps getting worse mm-hmm. and worse, and it seems like the whole world turned against him. Mm-hmm. And you would think that you would doubt what God was doing, mm-hmm. but then he just kept believing. Yeah, that's a, he's a good example. He's a really good example. I actually have a Job scripture written down. In Job 11, verses 7 through 9, it says, Can you fathom the mysteries of God? Can you probe the limits of the Almighty? They are higher than the heavens above. What can you do? They are deeper than the depths below. What can you know? Right? Their measure is longer than the earth and wider than the sea. We can't fathom and understand how big God is. And his ways, right? His ways are higher than our ways, and our thoughts are not his thoughts. And so sometimes that makes it easy to doubt because it's hard to wrap our our mind around some of God's ways. But when we are in the sanctuary, I keep going back to that, but when I entered the sanctuary of God, when I get into his presence, it all starts to make sense, right? I sense his presence. I feel his goodness. I can trust him. And, um, and those doubts start to to go away and if they don't when we have doubts it's okay to go to god he's not surprised by him so to go to him and say i'm really struggling here say like that father did i believe but help me in my area of unbelief like i'm really struggling in this one area can you help me see the bigger picture can you help me know how you are being good when it doesn't look good um so once like god told satan to that he could like his family. Mm-hmm. I always wondered why Satan left the wife, but as I was um, <laughs> reading it the other, I realized that probably just because she would, hoping that she would make him doubt. That's interesting. Yeah. But, uh, which leads back to the um, people influencing yeah. know, unbelief. That's right. All right, one last question. What are some things that I can do as a parent to help you when you're feeling doubt? It may change later on, but right now, don't hug me because I'm not really a physical touch kind of guy. But <laughs> so, don't hug you and say it's okay. Using wor- using my words to help you. Yeah, words okay. of affirmation. Okay. Um, I'm separate from him, so I guess I would be the two hug me. Okay, so hug you when I'm helping you with your doubts. So, but not him. Okay, got it. Makes right, I'll write it down so I remember. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also, I feel like if we just talk about it, I like mm-hmm. just talking about it, too. Mm-hmm. And then a really good hug at the end. <laughs> Maybe buy me a milkshake. Oh, wow. Okay. So, hugs. No hugs for you. Milkshakes for you. Hugs for you. Milkshakes for I'll you. I'll take a milkshake. Okay, milkshakes. Okay. And talking about it. I think that's yes. a great idea because sometimes those doubts we just kind of hide. Yeah. And we think that we're the only ones who have them. And that is a lie of the enemy, right? And that's probably a whole other way that he gets us doubting is because we think we're all by ourselves. And I think that he also um, tells us that lie so that we're like, oh, I'm, like, too embarrassed to, yeah. like, 
tell my mom, who's like, if I say, like, perfect, like, she never doubts or anything like right. that. And then uh, I will never tell you, and I always feel like it. Right. it's better to, like, get that off your, yep. like, chest. So good. So I hope you know that I have doubts, too, and that you can always come to me and ask me. You know, and well, I actually have another question. Oh, now. no, he's got another one. All right. <laughs> what are some things that I can do as a kid Ooh. to help you? Oh, wow. well, I guess that goes for me, too. Though. Well, I guess that's the same. I'll give you the same answer. Uh, no hugs and milkshakes. <laughs> 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 but, no, um, talking about it, right? So when, when I have doubts, you know, being able to talk about it with you and, and if you know a scripture verse or if you've had a situation where you've been like, oh, you know what, I, I know you're feeling doubt or about how this thing is going bad, but, but remember when I had my kidney stone and how God showed up, like reminding us, reminding me about God's faithfulness, that's always a great way to help. So I'm glad that you asked. All right. Awesome. Good conversation. Love you guys both. Love you. Wow, what a rich, heartfelt, beautiful conversation that was. Today, I'm really actually excited to announce that we have a little surprise in the studio with us right now is Don Bentley herself, who you just heard have that conversation with her kids. We brought her in here to share with you guys how that conversation went, a little bit of parenting advice from her. And you might already by now be wondering, like, who is this lady? That was a really deep conversation with some kids. How did she get there? Who is she? So Don, welcome to the How Was School podcast. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so good to have you here. We really appreciate you taking the time to have that conversation with your kids. But before we talk about that, can you tell us just a little bit about who you are? Sure. They said my name is Don Bentley. Um, I is, it, been, is your name Don Bentley? <laughs> I think that's right. <laughs> well, I've been married for 31 years. We have nine children. Mm-hmm. Um, Sophia and Micah are my youngest two. They're 10 mm-hmm. and 12. Um, and I have my first grandbaby who is, uh, what is he, four months now? So um, yeah, I have been full-time homeschooling, stay-at-home mom until just the last couple of years where I came on staff to write curriculum for small groups. Thank you. So if anybody's intimidating with how deep that conversation was, they should know that you had seven <laughs> practices right. before that. Absolutely. The ones I would have had with Zach years ago would not have sounded the same. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Dawn, you did such an amazing job navigating the conversation with your kids. So the floor is yours. Tell us how it went. Um, Well, I think it went better than I maybe expected. I had done this discussion a couple times ago with yours. I think it was the second week you did it. Wait, you mean you're actually using the podcast? I am. I'm actually using it. (laughs) And what I found was that my kids are very different. There are different Mm. levels. There are different personalities. And so I did a little bit more prep work for this one. Um, I actually gave Micah the questions ahead of time. Sophia did not want them, hmm. and um, but Micah wanted them, and I think that helped because he had, you know, some people need to process before they can just start talking, yeah. and so I gave those to him so he could think about them, and I also did some legwork myself. I did, hmm. I looked at your scriptures, um, I thought about the questions, how I would answer them. I didn't want to be caught off guard, mm-hmm. and um, so anyways, I thought it went pretty well. The, the conversation was really interesting. They had some yeah. great converse, uh, questions and comments, and it was good. Yeah, I was just telling you this. I think 
they are smarter than me in regards <laughs> to like asking the right questions. They they don't realize their answers were so deep. I think whether that was with with wind, um, why we believe in God, even with doubts, and it only like strengthens her faith. Sophia was amazing, but. So with these scriptures, um, what did you take away the most, specifically out of Psalm 73? I think that that, personally, that is where I find that doubt goes away, is mm. if, I'm, if I'm doubting, it's because I have my eyes off of Jesus. Mm. And so um, I think that having that conversation with the kids, they understood that as well, that it's the times that they're out listening to what the, the neighbors have to say, or they're looking more at the circumstances than they are at Jesus and, mm. and remembering what he's always done for them. Um, so, yeah, being in the sanctuary always gets erases those doubts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for somebody who's about to head into this conversation, what are some areas of advice or some takeaways? I think you already shared a couple, but like, what are some big takeaways that people could take? I think number one is encouraging them wherever they're at. Micah sometimes would just be like, I don't have an answer for that. I don't know. I haven't felt mm-hmm. distant or I have felt distant and mm-hmm. just encouraging them that that's fine, but pushing them a little bit too. I think um, there was one point where I told Micah, well, then spend some time asking God about that mm-hmm. um, because he didn't, wasn't ready to give an answer, but I knew that God had an answer for yes. him. Mm-hmm. Um and so encouraging them, being transparent, and that's always tricky depending on the age of your kids, knowing how much do I share about my experiences so that mm-hmm. they understand that life is difficult, you make wrong decisions, you have doubts, all of those type of things, but so that it's age appropriate. Um, because if you don't ever do that when they're little, then it's hard to ever do it when they're big and they need it. They mm. need to hear the real story, and mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I've never shared any of this with them. So if you can share little bits with them as they get older, it's a lot easier transition. That's so good. Were there any points where you were surprised at what they said? Maybe maybe just that they have thought about it more mm. than you think that they do at that age. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that they've, they could have – they had examples like when this happened – I really struggled. Like, so I think probably when Sophia says um, that she wondered if God even wanted him to, her to be a part of his plan, I was like, yeah. like you couldn't hear me. I think they edited a little bit there. I got like, oh my gosh, that's such a I'm incredibly like, hard thing to hear, yeah. Um, yeah. especially that I didn't know it at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know? so. yeah she kept on, she followed it up with that God isn't disappointed no matter how many times we doubt. And her, is she 11 now or is she 10? She's 10. 10 years old to be able to say, no matter how many times you doubt or mess up, it's not like, all right, Sophia, you've had your count. Right. I'm going to take it away. Right. So she knows God's consistent grace towards his children. Yeah. Um, that was beautiful to hear. Yeah. It really was. For those of you in the podcast who have never met Don, Don is so encouraging, just like flows with encouragement and her knowledge of scripture is so deep that she can just we're on staff with Don here at the church and just get to watch Don just the scripture just flow out of her as she builds people up on a regular basis. And we can see that in your kids too. We can see that you have spent your, your life pouring into your kids, pouring encouragement into them and they have received courage from it. Um, (laughs) That's what encouragement does. And they've received wisdom from it and scripture from it. So we want to publicly applaud your parenting and uh, the Mm. way that we can see your love for Jesus and his word reflected in the way your kids are growing up and mm. just have so much 
wisdom and joy. Your home just seems, it must have a lot of joy because your kids all do. Yeah. <laughs> so. It's got a lot of noise. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it really is. I mean, in scripture, it says that the Holy Spirit will bring to remembrance the things that I've taught you. Mm-hmm. And that happened with Micah mid-interview. He's like, oh, it did happen. And it was cool. And then he shared an example of how God used him with the was it the worship team? Yeah, like, when he practiced? auditioned, yeah. It's it's really encouraging. You saw scripture actually to Josiah's point. Like they knew a lot of scripture. Like yes. this is that's so cool. Again, being so young, mm-hmm. little convicting. Like man, I really need to start catechizing my kids and like start doing more memorization. Mm-hmm. Um, but that it was really um, encouraging to hear. I was actually yeah. encouraged by you, Josiah. Something you had said about memorizing the Sermon on the Mount, oh. mm. and so I just challenged Micah to that. So he has till the end of the, until <laughs> summer starts, the end of May, and so he's wow. working on that. So cool. Um, yeah, <sighs> and so it, it is. It's it's crucial that they're in the Word, just because that's mm. where. Like, again, it's like being in the sanctuary. You don't know what you don't know, mm-hmm. and you can't be reminded of what you have never read or have ever yeah. seen. Mm-hmm. So. Exactly. I loved when you shared that. And it could be scary having these conversations with kids. So when anybody at home is about to prep their grandchild or child's, what if, and I, I shared this story about Noah saying, I agree with atheists' positions on this stuff. Like, as a parent, yeah. like, immediately you're like, oh, no, 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 no. But, like, being able to talk that out is is important because they should be able to come to you and you should be able to come to them that open and, like, towards the end, oh, man, when you're like, what can we do for you as a child? <laughs> and I you're know. like, oh. I know. That was not scripted. Yeah. <laughs> that, that came out of their heart. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think that going into the conversation, like, what if they say, I don't, yeah, I doubt all the time, like, I don't believe it or not. And I, I have had really good advice to never be shocked by anything your kids say. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I I try to take that in before I ask a question, knowing I'm not going to have any expectation what this answer is going to be. Because if I do, and it's way off, then I've shown with my my voice or my tone or my Mm -hmm. facial expression that I'm not approving of that. And then I've shut off that conversation. And Mm -hmm. so I have to kind of think, even before I start conversations, let's no expectation, whatever they say, as long as I can get them to be honest and then give them my experience with Christ. This is how I see that with, with a different viewpoint, with the Christ picture. Um, then hopefully they'll, as they turn to him, they'll see that too. Hmm. I'm curious, Don, in this conversation, being so formal, if that was something that you felt it's helpful to purposely have a formal conversation with your kids that's like, here's your question and here's my question. Is that a helpful thing? Obviously, it's not what you do every night at the dinner table. So there's those beautiful conversations, too, that just happen. Um, but speak to like this concept of us giving you questions, because we're giving all the podcast listeners the questions. Right. So is it valuable? Is it too awkward? Is it Uh, I heard one feedback from somebody, and I'm so glad to get feedback from anybody. They said, I'm not sure if I'm comfortable having a canned conversation with my kid where it just wouldn't feel genuine. And my relationship with my kid, I try to keep genuine. So I'm just curious what your thoughts were as you were going through this. Again, I don't think it would be every conversation would be that way. But having something to be accountable to actually forces you to set aside the time to do it. Mm -hmm. So I think that's great to begin with. Mm -hmm. Having 
a um, direction. Um, something else that got edited out was we went off on a tangent with the prodigal son. Cool. And it was great, but I knew that that would be a whole nother conversation. And so mm-hmm. I even said, I think at that point, well, that's something we can have a conversation about another time. So having that script to get back to and be mm-hmm. like, in this period of time, I want to stay focused on what we're trying to get to here. Mm-hmm. So I think they're great. I think the questions are great. I mm-hmm. think they're well um, balanced. They have a good beginning and an end. There's great scripture mm-hmm. backing. So I love them. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's the hope that these conversations would breed more conversations and um, break the ice for some of the awkwardness that like we don't talk about scripture a lot for some reason and we haven't for 10 years so how do I start <laughs> well maybe we sit down and schedule it <laughs> that's right. um, so, yeah that's kind of the hope so I'm so glad it was a encouragement to you and your kids and you are an encouragement to us deeply I, I think it's important so we are not the be-all end-all on this podcast and like all of our you know advice or questions that we have the the important thing is have the conversation right. mm-hmm. like whether it's scripted or not to create a, a culture within your home that um, you let down the walls, you are vulnerable, like mm-hmm. you said, um, not being shocked by what they said. I love that you said that because um, then they'll put the wall up immediately yep. and then you would just lose that and it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a lot of time to build that relational currency again. Mm-hmm. Um, so having that conversation with your child ongoing is essential and that's, Lord willing, what our podcast is here to do. Yeah. Thank you so much, Don, for joining us today and, you know, on your busy schedule, sharing the, the conversation that you have with your kids, the, the wisdom and how to approach that conversation going forward. So we really appreciate you guys yeah. being here. At home, don't forget to like and subscribe to this. That way you're always updated on the, the content that we're pushing out. We are trying to make disciples and to create healthy conversations at home. So make sure that you subscribe. That way you'd be able to, to get notified. And also share with a friend or somebody you know who has kids to be able to help these conversations along. If you had any questions about apologetics or kids' resources, feel free to look at our show notes or even on the Grace Kids website we have plenty of um, books and websites that you can go to there. If you and your child would like to be interviewed, let us know. We would we would love to have you um, on the show with us and being able to answer any questions you have. And if there's any questions that you would like us to actually tackle, let us know that as well. But mm-hmm. until next time, God bless you all. Take care. Bye.